Hey, this is Linford Morton from ShutterbugLife.com, the Shutterbug Life podcast. And this is the final extra on the Top Photographer series. Now, I have been sort of following the Adorama TV Top Photographer series, which is a reality-ish show, internet-based, where five photographers competed for the title Top Photographer. Now, if this is the first one you're bumping into, I have another three episodes, three or four episodes, where I follow episode by episode. There's a first one where we set up the whole premise, and then we follow episode by episode. This one looks at episodes four and five, and we'll get some, you know, just wrap up the episodes four and five, which were pretty much what could have been one episode based on, you know, the way they had been, you know, you know, shooting them and, and producing them. And then after that, I'll, I'll sort of do an overall wrap with nine ways they can improve the show because I'm, I'm hoping that they do another another season of this quite honestly because you know it, it was kind of cool um despite many of the frustrations i had with the show so I'm, I'm hoping they do it and if they do i'll share nine my thoughts on nine ways they can improve now in episode four they, the photographers had an opportunity to go and shoot anything they wanted, anywhere they wanted, post-process, if they wanted to or not, whatever they wanted to do. They had complete carte blanche in New York City. And so in each of the other challenges, they told them so what to shoot and what the, what the, the requir- requirements would be. And this one is supposed to be just, you know, New York is is your can you know is is available to you go shoot whatever you wanted. Um Roxy cuz now this is Roxy and Scott competing. And Roxy went to the meat packing district in New York and the first thing she did was check to to see if she's shooting on raw. If you listened to find you know early episodes you know that was you know she forgot to check her camera and that was a big to do. So anyway, um, she went out and she got a a model to meet her in the meatpacking district where she went with um 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 Nigel's first assistant. And uh, so they did this shoot in the middle of the meatpacking district. She she brought one of her dresses and and her and her jewelry. She said this is how she started shooting. And she just, they went out in sort of a, sort of a, a grungy construction-ish part of the city and, and, uh, you know, had her just sort of, you know, jumping and running through the streets and doing, it, it, it was sort of a, it, it looked like a, like you would see in some fashion magazines, you know, really grunge part of the city with a, with a model sort of looking like she is, um, running through or dancing or whatever. So they did a, they shot a lot. She said she shot 1,205 images. And then when she got back, she, you know, of course, then they got to edit. And, And while she's doing this, this is when, you know, Nigel does the whole looking over the shoulder thing. 
And she even comments, she goes, I really wish that he would just, that he, I really think sometimes he sees it too early. And I feel the same way too. You know, he comes and he looks over the shoulder and he starts, you know, making comments, which were, of course, as, as I said in an early episode, that would drive me nuts because I would want to just go ahead and finish my my you know my image or whatever I was going to do and put and show it to them when I'm done I hate people who who want to look in while you're working I had a boss who do that to me and just come and and look over my shoulder while I'm still working because it's not ready to be seen yet quite honestly and you're making you know judgments and f- giving feedback based on something that isn't finished anyway so you know, she had that same feeling too. And so, so she went out and she got her shots of uh, her model. And then Scott, he went, she, he went to the Oculus and man, I love that location in, in, in New York city, right near it. It's sort of the transportation center near the nine 11 Memorial and world trade center area. And we did, as a matter of fact, when we had our New York city, weekend workshop that's one of the locations we went to love that location i want to go back again and just spend some time just shooting there because the lines and the patterns you just have so much available to you in terms of lines and patterns and and it's a lot of white on white and so you can do contrast you can do so many things and i i just see lots of opportunity there so i was kind of glad to see i was really excited when i saw that scott chose that location now he also went and found a model and took her in a, there and you know did a variety of different kinds of shots where he showed the expanse of the the room and she had sort of a white flowy dress with a white she was sort of a a blonde woman with a white flowy dress so he had sort of a a monochromatic feel to his shot and he did some work inside and then outside is where uh, I think they ended up shooting as well and I thought outside was just as really just as exciting to shoot as inside in terms of the the possibilities. I mean, with my little Canon G12, I got a shot outside that I really loved, a sort of an abstracty feel. So anyway, they shot in there and they, you know, they 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 had some fun. One of the things he did, which I thought was interesting, is he he said he was shooting a portrait but he was shooting with the 11 millimeter now they got to they got to go and fill up a a backpack with any camera any canon gear they wanted to to use and so he went and got wide angle to shoot the expanse of the building but he was still shooting portraits and i just thought it was an odd choice to use an 11 millimeter to shoot portraits typically when you shoot portraits you have a longer focal length usually starting somewhere around the the 85 ish millimeter range going up as much as 200 millimeters when it's a portrait you really want to get in you know and really showcase the face because it's a portrait and and see but the the way he did it really wide you know you could not see her face and it for me while it was interesting it did not be it did not look like a portrait so 
That's just my thing. You know, I thought you could have still shown the expanse of the building, but still brought the model in much closer to the, the image so that sh she doesn't get lost. I mean, part of a portrait is being able to see eyes, face, expression, know who you're dealing with. And uh, I just thought that she got um, diminutized, if that's a word, in that in that large space. But anyway, uh, that's just one of my... my um, Aside, looking at it. So he went in and he shot the 11 to 24 at 11 millimeters. He thought it was flat when he was shooting inside. So then he went outside and that's when he found um, that things pop. One of the things he said I, that I thought was really cool was he said, we were having so much fun. I almost forgot it was a competition. And I, I love to hear that kind of thing because at the end of the day, you know, competition, work, whatever. It's always great when you can have fun when you're shooting. The worst thing in the world, I hate it, is when I'm, for instance, shooting for a client or I'm shooting for work and it becomes so much about the assignment that it's just not fun anymore. And you hear a lot of photographers say that. If photography was fun until I started shooting for money or shooting for clients, then it was no longer fun. So... You hate to have that happen. So he said he was having so much fun. And, and Roxy said the same thing, too. She was just, you know, having fun. And one of the one of the comments she said that I really liked, she said, even if it's a if it isn't an award winning shot, it's me. It's super Roxy. She starts she refers to her images as super Roxy. And so I thought that was a great place for them to wrap up the whole shoot where it, every other shoot was really intense and high pressure that they got to, to get out there and do what they liked and do what they loved and just have fun shooting. Because at the end of the day, I think that's where we all need to be. So now at the next episode, episode five is when they got to have feedback. An interesting twist they threw in it is that, the judges provided feedback, not just on that final shoot, but they went back and looked at the full, the whole totality of the work on the show. So they went back and showed the first four um, uh, challenges as well. The, the guest judges were Coco Roca, who is a supermodel, and the Yahoo style editor, Joe Z. And uh, so this was the final review. And they went through all the images from the contest. And, and Coco told Roxy that in, you know, I'm not going to go through the first three because we've already covered those, what they did in those um, challenges. But in the last one, Coco told Roxy that she, that that her model is doing everything that she tells models not to do. And meaning when 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 Coco is working with models and sort of and mentoring them or even working with them on 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 her show she says the image that roxy produced violated every rule that she tells models not to do about you know, um the hair the neck whatever who cares um because i'm, I'm thinking it, this is not a modeling show. Why? Why are we, you know, stressing about what models would be doing? I mean, I, I, I'm guessing this is important if you are on America's top model, but I, I just wanted to see her focus on the photography more so than what the model was doing. But you know, that's her area of expertise. So you, you gotta, you know, that's what 
she knows. Um, she said Scott had great composition, but she, again, Coco didn't like her hair. <sighs> Whatever. Why are you here, Coco? You're not talking about photography. You, you know, this is a photography show. Take that stuff back to America's Top Model. We, we You know, tell me about photography. This is my thought. Nigel thought that um, the you know, Scott's image was brilliant. Brilliant. And one of the things Coco said is she didn't understand. She she just she when she looked at the breadth of Scott's work, she just did not see, I guess, the level because Scott supposedly had a fashion background. I guess he worked with a fashion startup was which was part of um, you know on his bio. Even though in his portfolio, I did not see a lot of fashion work. But she said, I don't understand how he could have been in all those sets and not learned more. You know, I've, you know, I, I shared my frustrations with Scott just watching him shoot and watching what he produced just looked like he missed a lot of basics to me. Um, and you know they went through the Roxy shoot and uh, in Roxy of course you know I like she said I'm at peace of whatever you do you've got to do your art for you so at the end they selected Scott which was interesting to me because you know based on the last two images Scott clearly had the better of the two but if they made it about the full body of work I just you know Scott was awful well not awful Scott had room for improvement. How about that? On the on his first two, and the last two he started coming around. But but if it's the total body of work, I thought Roxy had at least three or four where she did well, and the last one wasn't her best. But the but in terms of the sum of the total body of work, she clearly I thought was was better. So um. You know, congratulations to Scott. He won the $50,000 prize package. I'll have a, an image of, of what's in the prize package so you can see what he won. And, uh, you know, he was, you know, he was appropriately grateful and, you know, did the whole hashtag blessed thing and woo, good for you, Scott. And, and then Roxy had that sort of, uh, like sort of, she was at peace with herself. And I, I sort of liked the way she ended too. She goes, you know, you do your art for you at the end of the day, you know, whatever happens, I'm at peace with it, do your art for you. And I thought that was a great message to, to end the competition with, because at the end of the day, you had you know, feedback from in, when the, you had two guest judges and one would love it and one would hate it. And so often as they went through, it seemed like you saw how subjective their feedback was. So I'm going to get to, to that a little bit more in the nine ways they can improve the show. So, um, you know, Scott won the $50,000 prize package and he's going to, there's going to be a gallery exhibition in New York city hosted by Nigel Barker. Nigel says, this is his way of giving back because that's how he launched his career. All right. So cool. That is episode four and five, uh, the summary. Now, nine ways they can improve the show. So first of all, before I get to that, I, I, I liked the show. I, I found it entertaining. I thought it was great that we have a a reality show based on photography because it's so cool for us to be able to see, you know, what we do showcased like that. And so, you know, kudos to Adorama TV for getting out there and producing a show 
about photography. I thought that was cool. With photography becoming so popular these days, with you know everyone having a camera in their hands with your with your mobile phones or or your iPhones or or whatever brand you 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 use plus with DSLRs and mirrorless cameras coming down to price points where they become so accessible it's it's you know it's as we all know this this really great interest in photography and so to now take it to into a show where we can really start to showcase what makes a good photographer was a tremendous opportunity for us in the photography industry who like to say that, you know, it's not just how how hard can it be? Everyone has a camera. They can be a top photographer. It was a great opportunity to show the discipline of photography. And it was a great opportunity to show what it takes to be a top photographer, a great photographer. So I love that about it. It was entertaining to watch them shoot and to see how they approached each assignment and how they thought through it. It was interesting, I thought, to see the kinds of assignments they got and how how they interpreted. It was interesting to see the feedback they got in all their images. And so it was very entertaining as a photographer to watch them at work and then to see the result and see what they produced. So that's the good stuff. That said, I still was frustrated with a number of things. And while this was a great start and it was a great first um, series um, to be the first one of its kind, uh, it was great. It was a great trailblazer from that perspective. I think that if they do a second series and I, a second series, and I really hope they do because I think there's a lot of opportunity here. Here are nine things that you can do. First, if they continue in the format with with Nigel Barker hosting it, they ought to just go ahead and call it Top Fashion Photographer. Just call it what it is and drop the ruse that this is anything other than a fashion or commercial competition. Because and I, and I get it because, you know, Nigel is from that fashion photography world and so this is what he knows and he was on America's Top Model and it's sort of that is his frame of reference. And so it seems like every shot that every one of the five challenges sort of got steered into a fashion photography kind of uh, direction. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it, but to call it top photographer to me suggests that it is something a little more broad and a little more general. And that's not really what they presented. So I, I think there was sort of a, a, a misnaming of the show, if that's a word. So. I would like it to see them just call it top fashion photographer or top commercial photographer because that's really what they were showing and uh, and it it would be a little more you know b- better in truth in advertising. So that's number 1. Just 
don't call it top photographer because it's not really that. And as a because they they did not, I think at least two of the contestants were really at a disadvantage because they came in with backgrounds that did not include fashion photography. And so while they were, you know, really clearly talented photographers based on the fact that they were selected and based on the fact that you know, they had portfolios that, you know, if you look at all their portfolios, they're really great stuff. But they didn't have any specific experience in that fashion genre. And so they were at a disadvantage. And one of them was even saying, you know, I don't even know why I'm here. I've never done this before. And it, it just seemed like if you could be more focused and say this is fashion photography and then pick pick photographers who are either working there or aspiring in that genre, you would have a, a, a better overall premise and a better competition with photographers who are all on the same level. So that's number one. And number two is the flip side. If you're going to call it top photographer, then I would suggest challenges in a wider range of genres. Meaning, rather than just all studio work, would just about which is outside of the top, the top of the Empire State Building, which sort of like they just threw that on. You could have contests where you have the best macro photography shoot, the best portraits, the best street photography, the best uh, fine art photography shoot. I mean, there are all these different genres, the best event photography shoot. And the, the and, and a sports photography shoot that really is sports. You know, the sports photography was basically just a glorified portrait sh- session. That's the first one they did with the guy who was fencing. When they said a sports in action, I thought they were going to go to a sports in action event, like at a game of some sort, football games, wrestling, even a fencing event or, you know, rodeo, something where there's actual sports and let them cover a sports in action in a sports in action setting. So that's my thought. Number two is if you are going to call it top photographer, have contests in a wider range of photography genres so that you really are looking for and showcasing, highlighting the best generalist photographer. Number three, I'd like them to be a little clear about who these contestants are and why they were chosen. You know, a number of them, based on their their bios, made it sound like they were either sort of professional, semi-professional, or influencers, which means they just have a large following, so brands hire them to take over their feeds and basically get the brand's work in front of your your feed, meaning if you have 100,000 people following you and you do a specific kind of work, a brand that's interested in expanding their reach might come to you and approach you and say, hey, you know, can you shoot for us so that the 100,000 people following you get to see our brand? And so, you know, it's it's an advertising-ish kind of a strategy. And so that was some of their backgrounds. But there were a number of things, like with Scott, and there were just a number of things that made you wonder, 
you know, how some of them, if some of them were clearly talented and clearly experienced in some levels, but in, but in others, it looked like they were missing some, some of the basics, some of the foundational work. And so sort of wondering who they are. I'd like to just, you know, more so than just, you know, Nigel saying, I love his work because he is a great moment capturer, maybe showing some of them in their environment, shooting what they like to shoot and them talking about their own work, just giving us a little more background as to who they are and and more of how they were selected. You know, one of the things that's cool about if you're watching American Idol is you see you see the contest from the point where they all go and begin the process of trying out. So you see the whole tryout, you see part of why they were selected, and so you sort of get when their real contest begins why they're there if you follow the whole season. So maybe some of that whole selection process, they br- them bringing in their portfolios, someone reviewing their portfolios, seeing, you know, seeing what's strong and what's not, hearing a bit of the interview, you know, something that gives us a more of a, a window into who they are. Because you sort of wonder at times, you know, how'd they get these guys? And one of them even said, like, seriously, why'd you guys select me? Why am I here? And if he doesn't know, wow. Um, number four, more photographers as judges, more accomplished photographers as judges. And I'm guessing that if Adorama TV and Canon are, you know, both sponsoring this, that they have enough real photographers, you know, at their disposal to have more photographers. I, I just thought that a number of the judges were just there because they had popular feet like one guy the guy for the travel you know this is the one that Nigel introduces him and says he has 15 million for followers so he must know what he's talking about and I'm like okay I, I I get it but I don't right because 15 million people follow you that means that you know how to you know create a product that is you know saleable i mean you could get 50 million followers with a bunch of cute puppies you know what i mean it doesn't mean that you unnecessarily know what you're talking about with photography so i i just thought that was a bit weak and i just talked earlier about the coco with her focus on modeling more so than photography and i would have loved to have seen more accomplished photographers meaning the people who you see if when you go to the photography shows you know i go to pdn photo plus expo the guys who and gals who are on the show floor teaching so the people who are teaching and who who are not only accomplished in terms of body of work, but also in terms of explaining and presenting you know, the Joe McNally's of the world and, uh, you know, the Scott um, Kelby's, people who who not only have accomplished, but also know how to communicate and teach what's good in a photograph and they know what to look for. I would have loved to have seen more of them, at least one of them on every challenge, if not more than one. I would have liked to have seen, you know, two or three 
of those those kinds of heavyweights judging and 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 I would have loved to have seen them use remember I said earlier you could see how subjective it was that you have a sort of common set of criteria we can all agree on meaning they talk about lighting they talk about exposure they talk about composition they talk about um moment and impact and all the things that we agree are 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 all the ingredients of a great photo if they could focus on those elements as they give feedback i think that would be helpful uh so that we're not look, talking about hair and neckline more and at the expense of the photo so number 4 was more photographers as judges number 5 was more organic ways to feature and use the gear. You know, so I get it. You know, Canon is sponsoring this and Adorama is is really producing it. They want to show the gear. But I thought they really did a shabby job of doing that. So, you know, with each with each episode they say, okay, you get to pick one of your one of these two cameras, a 5D or a 1DX, and you get to choose from this array of lenses. And they'd and they'd show the lenses for like a second. You'd see a table with a bunch of lenses and really fine print fonts telling you what each one is and you couldn't really it's not there long enough to read so you really don't know what they're using and you know i found i had to go back and stop you know and freeze frame on that frame just pause at that frame to really look and see what they were using because i was curious and you think boy if canon really want to showcase the image their their gear they would do it in a way that wasn't so you know one second and it's gone so you know if if you wanna you know showcase Canon gear, how about doing it in a way where you showcase the gear? And, and when I say that, what I mean is, so you get to choose between these two these two camera bodies and pick your lens. Well, how about we? There's a like a quick segment where the photographer says, "I chose the five D Mark IV over the one DX because." blank 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 like why did you choose this and which lenses did you choose and why did you choose those lenses what the what were the features that you loved about the lens and why you know give us some insight into the gear and the gear decisions so that you have you know it gives you know it give canon a chance to really showcase not just the gear but what's special about the gear so, you know, they could say, I, I took the 24 to 70, that's a workhorse. And I used the 70 to 200 to do a portrait because, you know, that's just a phenomenal glass of portrait. I mean, give us something so that we can, we could go, oh, that's why you would select that, you know, if you want to showcase the, the gear. The other thing they could have done with to showcase the gear, I thought would, would be to maybe, Go with the one lens um, challenge, right? All right, we're going to do a portrait. Everybody takes the 100 or, you know, whatever lens that is and talk about why a fast prime might be a good choice and then give them and let them all shoot with the one lens. And, you know, we all know that a one lens challenge is a, is a great way to showcase your creativity. Well, then Canon could just pick one of their favorite lenses and make that a one lens challenge. 
and it, it gives them another opportunity to really showcase the gear and uh, and then also build in a challenge that makes sense. So, you know, find better ways to feature and use the gear so that we know what you're shooting with and we know why you're shooting with it. Number six is tell us more about the photography decisions. So, you know, we just see them shooting and, you know, they're, you know, it's like, oh, really fluffy. Oh, I love, you know, this window, but they did. Let's talk about the photography decisions. Like in addition, and it's sort of a connection to the last point, not just I used the, it was almost like in the last one when he decided he wanted to use 11 millimeter because 11 to 24 and he shot at 11 because he just loved that. Great. So tell us about what you did, because they, they said that Scott was really methodical about what he wanted to come in and accomplish. So it sounded like he had a real a shot list and he had a lot of ideas. Well, heck, I would have loved to have seen some of those ideas and heard what he wanted to do going in. Like, what's your vision for the shoot? And then see after how he how they interpreted it and see how close they got. So, you know, and then, you know, I, I decided to to go with some uh, freeze, you know, freeze frame and I went with higher shutter speed or I was trying to really, you know, get her in focus and not the background. I mean, tell us some of the shooting decisions you made so that we understand your vision of what you're trying to accomplish. How did you set the lights? You know, what, what kind of, you know, lighting setup did you use and what techniques were you going, you know, going with, you know, the, the kinds of things photographers would be interested in. If you're a top photographer, we'd love to know how you approach the shot and what your vision was. And then, your 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 the mechanics of how you you know technically try to interpret it and then we could see the final product i thought you know i would think and then and then even what you try to do in post production they just we just you know we saw post production from the vantage point of looking at their faces past the the screen and the really short shots of the screen but you know let us see okay i'm going in and i don't like the color here so i'm gonna you know make it pop a little more i'm gonna you know correct do some color correction here i need to remove what did you do in this post-production i i think there's so much more you could have shown and and maybe it stretches the show out and makes it an hour long and i i think it you know, it would be appropriate to have an hour-long episode on on this topic. You could really do it justice. I know that comes with a dollar with a dollar figure and this money involved, and perhaps if they could bring on a, maybe even another sponsor to help them underwrite that, that would be great. Um, but it would be great if we could under see some of the f- the f- photography decisions, you know, and sort of walk us through the workflow. Now, show us more. Number seven is show us more photos. You know, they just they just went so quickly through all of the the images. If they ever showed any others, I would have loved to have seen them show the photographers top three, top five 
images they selected from. I mean, show us more than one image. For crying out loud, this is a photography show. Show us more than one image, maybe the top three, and then and then show them uh, show them deliberating between the top three and then perhaps the one they selected. So you can get an idea of why they selected that one. In some of the the these scenes where you saw really quickly, like in the last episode, some of the other ones, I thought, like for Scott, I saw another couple images. I thought, wow, that was stronger than the one you selected. And I wonder why he went with that one. So it would have been nice to have seen that. And then number eight is a sort of a connected to that. Post some galleries where we can see the photos and the settings. You know, I would have loved to have seen galleries from after each episode where you saw the, you know, five images plus the one they selected so that we could click on it and see the images ourselves up close and, uh, and sort of see what they look like on our big screens. And, um, and then the one that was actually selected. I mean, galleries just seem like a no brainer to me. And then, then you could have the EXIF data that again showcases the cameras and the settings. So we, again, it gives you another chance, Canon and Adorama, to see what's being used and uh, showcase the gear again. And then number nine was uh, the, the single elimination doesn't really work when you only have five people. It, it just goes too quickly. If you're going to have five people, I said this in an early episode, then have all five shoot through all five challenges and then have a final, you know, show where you do the elimination one at a time. Or if you're going to do single elimination, then you have to do like American Idol, one of the other shows where you have more contestants. You have to have maybe 20 contestants and you start to, you know, whittle them down and, and pare them down. But for four, one a week just, you know, takes the competition out too quickly. So two weeks in, there's no real competition because there's just two people there. And it's, you know, you take a lot of competition, a lot of drama and a lot of a lot of the fun out of it doing it that way. So those are the nine ways they can improve. And if I could, you know, make those suggestions, if I could, you know, be so as as a as a fan watching if i could be so bold as to you know give adorama and uh, canon some suggestions I, I would suggest that you consider those nine ways to improve if you decide to do a second series and again i really hope you do because i think this is a lot of fun and i think there is is a lot of opportunity here not just for you all, uh, the, you know, people hosting it and producing it, but also for the photography industry in general. I think we all benefit when you have this kind of an opportunity, this kind of a way to showcase photography. All right. So that's it. Those are my thoughts on episodes four and five, and then a wrap up of nine ways that I think you can improve if you do a second series. And I hope you do. That's it for me, Linford Morton from ShutterbugLife.com. But before I go, I want to tell you about the Photo Tour New Orleans Spring 2017 opportunity. It's going to be fun. Check this out.
This is the music you can hear on just about any given afternoon on a random street corner in the middle of the French Quarter in New Orleans. And that's why a lot of people go to that city for the music. Many people go for food. Others go for culture and nightlife. But tell you what, as photographers, we go for the photo ops. There are tons of photo ops all over New Orleans, and we try and take them all in. We go from the swamps to the cemeteries, from historic neighborhoods to the iconic French Quarter, to night shots in the river. We take it all in. And while we're there, we try and create just a wide range of different kinds of photographs that you can only get in this very special and historic city. I know New Orleans well because this is where I grew up. This is where I learned to take pictures. And so for me, it's just a treat to take you back and introduce you to the Big Easy, as it's known. Now, if you want an idea of the kinds of images you'll be able to take there, go to shutterbuglife.com forward slash New Orleans and take a look at that best of New Orleans video. I made it from the images and video snippets of our attendees, and you'll see not just the great images we can take, but the fun you'll have while you do it. We're going back this spring, and I hope you can join us. It will be March 30 to April 2, 2017. March 30 to April 2, 2017. Again, go to shutterbuglife.com forward slash New Orleans to learn more about it and to register. Hey, I hope you can join me in New Orleans for that workshop. It is... um. For the month of December, the early bird rate is in effect. And so this month only, you can save $100 if you use the, if you register and use the discount code early bird. So, um, I checked that out and uh, I really hope you can join us. Learn more about it again at, uh, shutterbuglife.com forward slash New Orleans. All right. So that's it. And, uh, I'll be back later this week with another episode of the Shutterbug Life podcast. Take care. <laughs>